Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Callian First Quarter 2022 Conference Call. At this time, all participants have been placed on a listen-only mode, and the floor will be opened for questions and comments after the presentation. It is now my pleasure to turn the floor over to your host, Kevin Ford, CEO. Sir, the floor is yours. Thank you, Kate, and good morning, everyone. As mentioned, I'm Kevin Ford, Chief Executive Officer at Callian. With me this morning is Patrick Houston, our Chief Financial Officer, and we'd like to welcome you to Callian's first quarter 2022 conference call. Please note that certain information discussed today is forward-looking and subject to important risks and uncertainties. The results predicted in these statements may be material different from actual results. The first quarter saw revenue of $129 million, an 11% increase compared to the same period last year. Adjusted EBITDA and adjusted net profit both grew year over year at 34% and 41% respectively. Our gross margins came in at 26%, a sign of our continued progress of innovation and diversification. We have continued to see momentum in new contract signings this quarter with 185 million in new wins, leaving us with a backlog of $1.3 billion. Dividend levels remain unchanged at 28 cents per chair. We continue to live our four pillar strategy of customer retention, customer diversification, innovation and improvement with meaningful progress in this past quarter. We signed 90 million in contracts with long-term customers. Assigned customers trust us to continue to partner with them to execute their business. With the acquisition of Simfront in October, we have diversified our learning practice into virtual reality and commercial customers. The market reception of the Simfront acquisition has been very strong, and the combination with Callion should lead to many promising opportunities. We have launched an innovation hub with local tech accelerators to develop new capabilities on our existing health tech offerings. And finally, our strategy of introducing more technology into everything we do and entering new markets drove strong margins in our first quarter. Our four-piston engine showed the strength of its diversity with three of our four segments posting impressive growth. I'd like to spend a moment sharing an update on each of our segments. Advanced technologies delivered very strong results. Gross margins were up to 26%. This is compared to 23% of the previous year and 20% in 2019 fiscal year. EBITDA margins were also up to 13% from 11%. And we continue to see strong demand in several elements of our advanced technologies business. Our software engineering, which solves complex satellite and communication challenges, is seeing significant demand, and we are looking to expand capacity based on a strong pipeline. 
Our engineering services saw strong growth based on a new project with National Defense to assist in tracking their assets across the globe. And finally, in response to more demand for precise location services, our global navigation satellite system antennas continue to see strong demand. We expect further growth in the coming quarters as large customers continue to increase their demand for custom-designed antennas and our software engineering capability. For health, while revenue decreased 10% this quarter as a result of reductions in revenue related to COVID-19 response, the team was able to find further efficiencies to deliver a similar level of EBITDA of the previous year. Our teams have developed a trusted relationship and reputation during the last few years and remain prepared to assist as the response to COVID-19 evolves. We were able to secure new wins with the Canadian pharmaceutical customers for contract research, as well as contract extensions with several customers across Canada. Our pipeline remains robust with several new initiatives across Canada where our network and delivery capabilities should be a differentiating factor. We have also seen early uptake as we evolve our health tech platforms and we look forward to providing an update or investor call next week. Our learning segment showed impressive revenue growth this quarter, achieving 23 million and a potential annualized run rate near 100 million. This is a significant milestone given we were approximately 57 million in 2020. The growth has come from several initiatives. The acquisition of Simfront in October has yielded early returns and the pipeline of opportunities as a part of the Calion is very promising. Our existing customers in military training continue to look to Calion to help them remain deployment ready, and a continued effort to grow in Europe is showing consistent quarter-over-quarter gains. For IT and cyber business, the IT and cyber solutions saw the largest increase in revenue growth this quarter. Our continued focus on expanding our cyber business as well as our health tech presence is delivering strong, strong results. In addition to strong revenue growth, we have seen significant increase in gross margins, which were up from 18% to 26% this quarter, and EBITDA margins were three times higher than the same period of the previous year. Our pipeline remains healthy, and the teams are working hard to increase our capacity to meet this pipeline in a very competitive market. A few weeks ago, we announced the signing of a definitive agreement to acquire the assets of Computex, a US-based provider of IT and cyber solutions. This acquisition presents us with many exciting elements. An existing footprint in the US, a team of highly qualified experts, a track record of delivery and customer success, and a strong recurring revenue base. With combined revenues nearing 175 million, our IT segment will be a leading provider of IT and cyber solutions across North America, focused on solving complex IT and cybersecurity requirements for enterprise and public sector customers of all sizes. We expect this transaction to close towards the end of our second fiscal quarter. Now, our Chief Financial Officer, Patrick Houston, will discuss results and key performance indicators. Patrick? Thanks, Kevin. Over the past two years, we've continued to drive double-digit revenue growth, all while growing our gross margins and EBITDA margins at a pace ahead of our revenue growth. 
This is evident again this quarter with revenue growth of 11%, while our margins and EBITDA were up 28 and 34% respectively. This has been achieved through disciplined deployment of capital through M&A and R&D, as well as seeking more efficiencies as we have scaled the company. Acquisitive growth was strong this quarter due to the contributions of Simfront and Dapasoft, which are both trending above our estimates and delivering strong revenue and profitability. New contract signings were strong again this, this quarter and outpacing our revenue. Backlog stands at $1.34 billion and will increase further next quarter with the anticipated close of Computex. In addition to strong operating metrics, our net profitability as seen in our adjusted net income increased this quarter to $9.6 million, from $6.8 million of the previous year. This quarter, 7.4% is above our 2021 and 2020 levels of 59 and 5.4% respectively. Our balance sheet remains a strength. This strength was an important factor allowing us to move forward with the Computex definitive agreement. And post that acquisition, we will continue to have approximately $150 million of cash and debt capacity to deploy an additional M&A and investment to drive incremental growth. On guidance, I must caution the revenues realized are ultimately dependent on the extent and timing of future contract awards, customer realization of existing contract vehicles, and any impacts due to COVID-19. Based on currently available information of contract backlog, sales opportunities, and our assessment of the marketplace, we expect to continue our growth posture in the coming year. Our guidance does not incorporate any additional M&A activity, and should we close on any new opportunities, their contributions would be incremental. At this time, we are reiterating our guidance for our 2022 fiscal year, originally provided in late November, and representing our fifth consecutive year of double-digit growth. Our guidance for the fiscal year ended September 30th, 2022, expects revenues in the range of 550 to 590, adjusted EBITDA in the range of 57 million to 61 million, and adjusted net income in the range of 39.25 to 42.75. Please see our press release in MD&A for detailed reconciliation of our guidance. We will update our guidance for the acquisition of Computex when that transaction closes, and we expect that to happen towards the end of our second fiscal quarter. I'll now turn the call back over to Kevin. Thank you, Patrick. On March 13th, we will cross the two-year mark of having Calian operate through COVID-19. I want to once again thank our staff for the amazing efforts over these years. So why should investors have confidence in Calian? This quarter was another example of us living and delivering on our strategy of growing our business, both organically and through acquisition. We continue to have a strong balance sheet, we are expanding globally into new areas, and where we feel we can be successful immediately, both in global diversification and innovation, we're doing exactly that. Previously, I have discussed Kain's pivot to an innovative global growth company. I believe we have achieved that pivot. My team and I, we're looking forward to seeing you in person at our upcoming investor event. But to COVID-19 realities, we have shifted the business update to a live broadcast event on February 16th at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. 
Patrick and I and our team are looking forward to showing you highlights of the many complex challenges our teams are solving for our customers and the exciting innovation occurring across all of our segments. I invite you to register for the event in advance at our website. And with that, Kate, I'd like to now open the call to questions. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, the floor is now open for questions. If you have any questions or comments, please press star 1 on your phone now to enter the queue. We do ask that if you are listening via speakerphone to please pick up your handset for optimum sound quality. Once again, if you have any questions or comments, please press star 1 on your phone to join the queue. Please hold a moment while we poll for questions. And our first question today is coming from Amir Azat at Echelon Partners. Your line is live. You may begin. Hey, Kevin Patrick, good morning. Congrats on a strong quarter. Thanks, Amir. Um, on the guidance update, you guys elected to update once the Computex acquisition is closed. Um, is there like uncertainty with the timing of closing or other factors behind this decision? No, not not really. I mean, they're going through their closing procedures, um, and uh, they're going through a shareholder vote, which they've already secured more than 50% of the vote. So it's really more just a a process working through the the SEC and the required dates. So we're expecting it to close mid March. Um, so really, it's more just uh, wait until we get to that point, and then uh, we'll know exactly how much uh, they'll contribute for for this fiscal year. <clears throat> Okay, great. That's, that's good to hear. Um, okay, so, I mean, you guys spoke a bit about Omicron, um, and, you know, like when I think about other variants and how it's sort of impacted your, your business in the past, uh, we had headwinds in, in advanced tech and learning, but good tailwinds for health. Um, how do we think about Omicron and its impact on your business? I mean, you guys are reiterating your guidance. Uh, does that imply it's overall neutral on a consolidated basis? Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I appreciate the questions, Kevin. So I, I think for me to say it's neutral would not be fair to our team, Emmer, because, um, you know, restating our guidance, frankly, from my viewpoint with the, with the continued, you know, and I know we're seeing different, you know, different geographies react differently, but the reality is, you know, supply chain, finding, finding parts, Deploying satellite antennas, uh, none of that's frankly any easier. And um, you know, to be able to sit here and say I'm going to hold my guidance based on you know another growth uh, year, uh, my view is that we still, as many organizations are, running through the ups and downs and the turbulence of this of this variant, and hopefully no new ones. But we're working through it. So right now, I would say, yeah, right now it is it, it, it's neutral in the context that it's it's definitely not. Uh, it's definitely not hindering our, our, our growth, but it, it definitely is something where our team is once again stepping up despite the challenges of Omicron to, to meet our customer commitments. So right now it's neutral to negative, I would say, but it's the team that just continues to be the positive in this whole story. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Okay. No, that's fantastic. Then in your prepar prepared remarks and MDMA, in fact, you guys like spoke to a decline in the CRO business. Um, what is driving that just timing? 
Yeah, I think it's more project-based. So um, we do win projects and, and run them off, and, and as they come off, we've won. Uh, we did sign uh, one larger contract this quarter. That was in the signings that you saw that's going to start up here next quarter. So I think it was just really a, a temporary decline based on project ending, but I think uh, we should see year-over-year growth here with these new projects kicking in. Okay, and maybe one last one, and I'll pass the line. Um, as you guys pointed in the prepared remarks, nearly on all fronts, your your gross margin performance has been excellent. In fact, you know, like a record gross margin of 26% this quarter. Um, outside of Computex, which might change the gross margin profile for IT, are there any sort of moving parts we should be looking out for um, that might impact gross margins, such as inflation, or do you guys feel you could sort of pass that on to uh, your customers? Yeah, I mean, we're working hard to manage the cost, whether it be supply chain things or, or labor uh, changes. So we're working hard to manage that. But, uh, but you know, we're in a growth mode right now. We're trying to – we've got lots of pipeline and opportunity. We need to respond to that. So we're, we're trying to be responsive there, making sure we have the capacity, and then, uh, you know, to what extent can we pass that on through the pricing. So I think you'll see some variability there, but I think that the general trajectory of, of consistent growth should continue here as we, you know, continue to get more diversified and, and you know, more technology. And so I think the trend will continue, you know, it just might uh, see slight up and down on that path. Yeah, and just to follow on that, uh, Kevin, is, is that, you know, the, the diversification of our customer base has been a key, key element on, on that margin. Uh, as you know, we had a, a lot of uh, government business, which we still value, and, and we still continue to grow our government business. When you look at it as a percentage of our revenues, if it continues to decline, we're almost at 50-50 right now between commercials. So our ability to, to affect price, and, and when I mean price, I mean value, you know, the value that we can bring into the commercial sector, I think is going to help offset any pressures we see on our longer-term contracts or in the government. So we're still pretty confident we can do that, and frankly, as you look at our acquisition profile, uh, we continue to acquire organizations with much higher margin, and our R&D profile, uh, we continue to invest in new technologies that should continue to push that up. So that's that's the goal, Amber. Great. Thanks. I'll pass the line. Great question. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question today is coming from Doug Taylor at Canaccord Genuity. Your line is live. You may begin. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. Uh, you mentioned in your prepared remarks that Davasoft is operating above your initial estimates in the IT and cyber unit. Um, I wonder, as we look ahead at this Computex close, if you'll walk through the similarities and differences between, you know, the assets and I guess the playbook. So we might consider your ability to, you know, enjoy the same success with Computex. Yeah, so Sasha is going to speak at our investor event uh, next week. He's going to uh, definitely talk about what the combined entities look like from a, but as a preview, yeah, I think there are some synergies there. I think um, there's certainly off service offerings that the iSecurity team has that, that Computex doesn't. Um, so we're looking at how can we get that down there um, into that customer base and how the two teams work together as they scale kind of some of their business. And, and um, so I think, it's interesting that they each have different strengths, which is great, and now we need to converge them here over the next couple of years and get the benefit of that. So I think there certainly is there, and I think Sasha will expand on that next week. And what I'm and a great question, because you know, I'm excited about this, and here's why. Number one is, as Patrick just mentioned, you know, there is some complementary capabilities between Computex and that iSecurity organizations. Um, but the vision Sasha has, as well as now the leadership we have on achieving more in the context of 
uh, managed services and cybersecurity, managed services in the context of the desktop uh, data center, um, you know, recurring revenue opportunities. That by itself is exciting, and I think we're going to see some uh, some great work in the initial, you know, sitting in on some of these meetings. The synergies between the team is excellent. The other thing I'm excited about, frankly, is, you know, if you look at the Computex revenues, 25%, for example, is in the health sector. So what can we be doing with our, you know, health tech assets going into this area? How do we start cross-fertilizing our business units into the U.S.? How do we, like, take advantage of technologies? They do, uh, they have a heavy oil and gas presence as well. So for me, the cyber and IT is exciting, but is equally exciting to me is the opportunity now to have a footprint in the U.S. across sectors that are going to be totally relevant to all of our business units. Well, I'll look forward to hearing more about that next week. Um, shifting gears, with respect to the, the health unit, um, I'd just like to understand, you know, to what degree, you know, we should think of, you know, the COVID-related maybe one-time or temporary work, you know, still showing up in, in the numbers. I think we're all hoping that kind of work is, is temporary, but I just want to understand what, if any, contributions you feel you're still getting in the health unit from, from that kind of work, or is this now, you know, back to what you'd consider, you know, a, a baseline or, or, or normal run rate, you know, excluding COVID? Yeah, we had a little bit this quarter, but obviously significantly lower than we did last year, which I think is what we kind of guided the, the, our investors going into the year. So I think, you know, we did see some activity, but it's certainly not at the same extent. So I'd say this is kind of a more normalized run rate. Um, we're still seeing pipeline opportunities in terms of, you know, People want to get ready for what does it look like post in terms of airport screening and things like that, which we could potentially participate in. But those are still uh, longer term opportunities, which obviously we're with our track record, we, we hope to be able to participate in. But, you know, if we win those, we'll obviously update uh, the market and what that means. Yeah, and, and again, for me, uh, it's interesting because, you know, what's happened over the last two years is the, the strength of our health brand has just gone through the roof, frankly, and our ability, I think we're up to now over 500,000 Ontarians uh, vaccinations we've done with the Nunavut. Um, so our health brand nationally has only gotten stronger. And so the pipeline is new customers that are moving on from COVID. The other thing is that our psychological assessment business as well continues to be growing. So uh, we expect to backfill that COVID business with really, you know, our, our, our clinician services that we've had in the past, our psychological services, our contract research, our pharma business, and as well as you'll hear next week, uh, some of the health tech exciting things we're doing on our platforms. Uh, we think that's really the trajectory that we're going to see going for health moving forward. Okay, one last question for me. I mean, bookings stand out as a, as a strong positive here. Um, can you maybe break this down a little bit as to what's tied to, you know, the renewals of multi-year contracts versus what's considered kind of new business development and growth related, you know, in particular in the, in the health and learning units where you've got some very large, you know, multi-year contracts. That'd be helpful. Yeah, high level, Doug, was about 50-50. About half of it was um, either extending existing contracts or renewing contracts with, with existing customers we've had for a long time. So, so positive there from a you know, customers still enjoy what we're doing and want to continue to work with us. And then the other half was was kind of net new business across uh, whether it be learning or or advanced technologies, uh, which had strong quarters. So, yeah, it's a, it's a mix of both. Thanks. Look forward to next week. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. Our next question today is coming from Nick Agostino at Laurentian Bank Securities. Your line is live. You may begin. 
Yes, good morning. This is Salman Rana on behalf of Nick Agostino. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the very strong quarter, Kevin and uh, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah. So my first question is on the large ground systems project. So as the one in the U.S. Uh, wraps up and, you know, the on the other hand, the one in Europe uh, goes into full swing, how much of a margin lift can we expect in the advanced technology segment beyond the um, current 13% mark. Yes, yeah, so I think um, we're still, you know, we're right at the end of that, the, the one in the U.S., so we're wrapping that one up, and it should be done here um, in the coming months. So I think you're starting to see that margin uplift already. So I think, you know, I think the trajectory continues to be up and to the right here for advanced technologies, both from a growth margin and EBITDA margin. Um, and we're excited about some of the pipeline opportunities we're seeing for additional ground system business. So we're hoping in the next uh, few quarters they're able to secure more business for, for the end of this year and into next year. So I think, uh, you know, I think the trajectory is going to continue. <clears throat> okay, that's very helpful. And just following up on the uh, previously asked questions in the health segment. So first of all, um, is the company post-Q1 seeing any um, uplift from the from stronger demand from Omicron-related health services? And... Apart from that, what kind of a normalized margin range should we be thinking of once all of the COVID-related revenue subside? Yes, I think, you know, we didn't have any very uh, significant COVID revenue this quarter. We had, you know, a small amount, but it wasn't significant. So I'd say, you know, um, minus those things, I think uh, we can maintain the, the margins kind of as, as you see them now, um, plus or minus a few percentages here. And then obviously as we win new business, uh, we're trying to do it at a higher margin. So um, I think again, you know, holding for now and, and then longer term improving as we introduce kind of new health tech services and, and, and more pharmaceutical business. <clears throat> okay, okay. And uh, just one last question from my end. So last quarter, um, I believe, Kevin, um, you mentioned how the company was largely able to successfully navigate around, you know, having trained staff shortages. Any thoughts on staff shortages right now? And um, is the company seeing any higher wages being offered to workers as a result? Thank you. Yeah, thanks. And I think uh, I think the whole industry now in certain pockets of, of talent, uh, you know, I'm working with Sue Ivey, our Chief Human Resource Officer, we literally have the Tiger team on this almost daily now. There's definitely pockets where we're seeing uh, increased demand, increased competition for sure. Software engineering, certain elements of our healthcare, healthcare, area, uh, healthcare practice. Um, but what we're doing is we're really trying to take a proactive approach on both the, on our retention of our staff as well as looking at new mechanism how to attract people to Calian. Um, so, I, I, you know, frankly, we're dealing with what every tech company is dealing with now. We're seeing some increase, and again, in certain areas, and so far, to Patrick's point earlier, we've been able to manage that. Um, and to be honest, you know, the exciting part of Italian is that when people understand what we do in our core purpose of helping the world communicate, lead healthy lives, stay safe, that still resonates. And, and I want to say that because I, I think a lot of the time everyone feels this is just a, a salary shootout. Um, when we talk about the crazy innovation we've got going on across this company, you know, being relevant in space, relevant in health tech, relevant in learning, relevant in IT cyber, and helping the world, you know, accomplish our core purpose, we still have that as a differentiator. There's not too many companies that can offer the variety of what we do 
uh, and the opportunity for people to have those experiences. So we're still trying to lean heavy on that versus just trying to cut bigger checks every time uh, this goes up. So, yep, we're absolutely living with it. Uh, we're working through it. There's certain areas that are, are, are a daily challenge, but I think overall the teams have been doing a good job getting through it. And where we have, you know, capacity gaps, our team's just been stepping up to, 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 to make sure we don't um, miss our customer requirements. So, uh, again, credit to the team. So we're working through it, and, and hopefully we'll start to see some sanity get back into the market soon over time, but we're also cognizant that this could be going on for a period of uh, next year or so. Okay, that's great, color. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions or comments, please press star 1 on your phone now. Our next question today is coming from J.F. Lavoie at Desjardins Capital Markets. Your line is live. You may begin. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Patrick, I was wondering, you mentioned that the large satellite ground system contract was coming to an end soon, so I was just wondering if you could update us on the the, the impact on working capital for Q2 and maybe Q3, please. Yeah, so we've got uh, two sites left, JF, um, so we're getting right to the end here. Um, we didn't make uh, significant progress on the working capital in this past quarter. Um, we're expecting probably around 13 to 15 million to come in uh, in our Q2, and then uh, about similar amount in Q3. So I think it's uh, it, it's coming back. It's it's obviously taken a huge step back from you know this position last year, where where the working capital was was north of 60 million. So I think it's brought back and should be able to close it off in the next two quarters. <clears throat> okay, perfect. Thank you very much. And then looking at the expansion that you're planning in Saskatoon, I was wondering if you could. Talk a bit more about the pipeline of opportunities. You seem quite excited about all the contracts that might be won by advanced tech. So just wondering if there's any more call that you could provide in lab time. Yeah, advanced tech pipeline. So I think, yeah, we're seeing strength. I mean, our, our software business is, you know, we're completely pinned. Um, we've got more work than we can do. So, so to Kevin's point on staffing, we're trying to bring in more capacity there. Very busy on the ground system bidding, uh, so we're waiting to hear whether we're successful on some of those. And our GNSS antennas is, is again kind of you know we're we're trying to catch up to the capacity in terms of demand. So I think those are good positions to be in. Now we just need to to get there and deliver. Yeah, and it's great with our uh, you know advanced tech business because you were talking about Calian's four piston engine, but Pat Thera was here who runs that group. He'd be talking about a twelve piston engine and all the things that we're doing in advanced tech. So integrating continues to do well. Our nuclear business, you know, we're becoming the company to go to for small modular reactor consulting. Uh, you've got our engineering services. I've mentioned the defense program. We're dealing with uh, on inventory management, uh, ground systems, software, GNSS antennas. Um, you know, frankly, I, I, I could probably speak this whole conference call on what's going on with advanced tech as I could with each one of our segments. So uh, we're still pretty pumped on what's happening there, as, as as we are with all of our segments, and that's why I'm just so excited about <laughs> trying to get to the Investor Day next week and, and give you folks an update because it's it's we're well overdue for an update, and I think people will be excited with what they see. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, Patrick, looking at the, all those opportunities, assuming that you have a a, a fairly successful run, uh, win rate on on those. Looking at the margin profile of the advanced tech for next year, let's say, would it be fair to expect something going back to historical margin profile of 15 to 17 percent? Is it achievable, you think? I think it is. It depends on the mix of the business that we win. Some, some of it is, is 
you know, closer to the margins where it is today, and, and others it's significantly higher, like in our GNSS antennas, et cetera. So I think it depends on mix, but I certainly think that it, it's an achievable one based on, on the pipeline that we have. <clears throat> okay, that's right. And one, one last for me, uh, on the L front, the margin profile was very, very strong. Kudos to the team. So I was just wondering, do you think it's sustainable as we progress through FY22? Yeah, like my earlier comment, I think um, I think longer term, as we introduce kind of health tech and and more CRO business, I think it is. I think you know we we might see some temporary you know step back a little bit depending on some cost profile as, as Kevin spoken to, but I think longer term, uh, I think we can maintain it and grow it over time. <clears throat> okay, that's great. Thank you very much, and looking forward to the investor day, gentlemen. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. We have no further questions in the queue at this time. I would now like to turn the call back to Kevin Ford for any closing remarks. Okay, great. Uh, thank you, Kate, for uh, facilitating the, the call. Much appreciated. Thanks for everyone who attended. Uh, I, hope you're, I hope you're sensing the enthusiasm in my voice. Uh, I hope you're sensing uh, my continued passion for uh, all the crazy good things that are happening here. And I hope you're also uh, sensing the passion I have for our team to continue to work through incredible challenges. So. Uh, so really, this is where you want to highlight again, February 16th, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Be there because we've got a lot of good things happening. Michelle, our CCO, is working with her team to give you an update across all of our segments. And even more importantly, you're not going to hear much from me. You're going to hear from all the crazy innovators that we have here at Callion, the talent, and we're going to expose those to our investors probably for the first time. So look forward to that discussion. Hopefully see you all on February 16th. And with that, Kate, we can close the call. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's event. You may disconnect at this time and have a wonderful day. We thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.